Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You might as well forget about everything you ever learned in your science books because the most powerful force in this universe right here is the power of positivity. This was not a good one, guys. You know how... Uh, sometimes if you're a fan of a really terrible team in football, you see people show up and they wear like paper bags over their heads. This was one of the worst pay-per-views I have seen in years. I'm so ashamed to be covering this shit. It screamed holding pattern. It screamed pointless. It screamed nothing progressing. I don't want my face shown on the internet. Legitimately, one of the best things on WWE programming for a month has been a guy punching another dude Right in the penis! Like I said, man, I'm always optimistic about a show. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. All right, we are live. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is May 9th. The List and your boy number 71 brought to you by FightfulSelect.com. Of course, you can get all your free wrestling, MMA, boxing news over at Fightful.com. FightfulSelect.com, our new premium service. Mosey on over there. Check it out. I just finished up a Q&A podcast just before I filmed, uh, or just before we're filming this, but lots of stuff at Fightful Select. Just head over there, check it out. Jimmy, we have survived the night that wrestling died to three. How are you feeling? So first I got to ask you, what did you think of that video intro this week for the... Uh, I loved it. You like it? I, always, I, I loved it. I actually gave Nigel a tentative idea for a future intro of Listening mm. Boy, which 
we'll discuss okay. at some point. That's cool. So I um, I watched uh, the beginning of your backlash post podcast, post show podcast, because I was curious for what you thought. And when Alex <laughs> when Alex said, "I am ashamed to be covering this shit," <laughs> wearing the mask on his on his face, I I just that brought a smile to my face, and I thought. I have an idea for this week's list on your boy. And so we put up a wonderful power of positivity video. <laughs> and here's what we're going to do, Sean. We're going to change the format today, all right? Yeah. So the last, I'd say, six weeks of WWE television, right? So we had WrestleMania, the first half of which was on pace to be one of the greatest WrestleManias ever. And the last half of which I could have booked better in my bathroom with my toddlers, uh, then we had the greatest. You don't have to book in your bathroom anymore. You have a playset. There you go. I do. I, I, there, okay. Then, uh, and I'll tell you a story about that in a minute. Then um, we had the greatest Royal Rumble, and it was a lavish set that they had, and, and a very high dollar thing. But creatively, it left a lot to be desired. Then we had the Backlash pay per view, which was one of the worst pay per views in the history of WWE. Then we had Monday Night Raw where Lashley's talking about stuffing a rag down a throat and saying hi to his sisters. So, after the last six weeks of that, I decided today we're going to focus on the positives. Remember what Paul Heyman used to always say, right? Accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. Yeah, so today we're going to focus on the positive, Sean. This is going to be the Power of Positivity podcast. And oh, yeah. I actually, I actually, some of these stories might be negative, but I'm going to find a positive spin to them. So we'll do. And that's, what, that's what we're doing today. I want to start off today by telling you a story for the Sean Ross Sap file. That's what it's we're starting early. With today. This is not a stupid people story. This is a story for the Sean Ross Sap file. Okay. You're going to like this one. Nigel's going to like this one too. Oh, nice. So my daughter is three and a half. She's basically uh, mastered the whole potty training thing. Uh, but the conundrum she's having right now is, you know, they get to a certain age where now they think they're a big girl, right? They're not a baby anymore. And so her conundrum is, someday she doesn't know, should I use the special seat that goes on the toilet, or should yeah. I just use the toilet seat by itself, right? And some, oh, days, no. some days halfway through, she'll decide I don't need it, and some days halfway through, she'll decide I want it, right? So yesterday, we're doing this on May 9th, yesterday, uh, she had to go poo-poo, as we say, in the Jimmy Van household, <laughs> and I noticed that she was spending a lot of time in there, Sean. Uh-oh. You know, more time than normal. And whenever I would knock on the door, you know, baby, are you okay? Do you want my help? I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Finally, she said, okay, I'm done. What I discovered was on that particular occasion, she decided halfway through, I don't want the baby seat on top of the toilet. I'm going to just oh. use the regular seat. So she got off, took the thing off, went back on the toilet. But the poo-poo was coming, Sean. All right. Oh, you got daddy daycared. So what happened was when I opened the door, not only was there poop all over the toilet seat, not only was there poop all over her backside, not only was there somehow a nugget on the wall across from the toilet, but I looked at her and I said, uh, did you get any anywhere else? And she looks at me and she said, yeah, I got some on my hands. So I checked her hands. <laughs> I checked her hands and her hands were pretty clean. And I go, uh, where is it? And she goes, I wiped it on the towel. Oh. So I turned and looked at the hand towel that started out that day pearl white. Oh, no. <laughs> right? It started the day pearl white. And by the time I looked at it at around 6 p.m., 6.30 p.m., it looked like a vanilla chocolate marble cake. 
Oh, God. <laughs> and I said to my wife, because you know what my wife said, Sean? My wife said, you got to share this one on the podcast tomorrow, right? Power I said, of positivity. Yeah, power of positivity. No, because I'm, I'm saying it in a, in a joking manner, right? And I'm not mad. I'm sharing it in a joking manner. But I, I, I said to my wife, she did the right thing because she knows when you wash your hands, you wipe them on the towel, right? So in theory, she kind of did the right thing. Where she, I guess, messed up is she didn't wash her hands first. But she She'll at least knew. Operations. What's that? She'll learn the order of operations eventually. I guess. I guess. So that was my experience. It took like seven wet wipes in order to get the thing looking presentable. You know what I'm saying? That Wait, was my that was my my time. The room or the towel? That towel's gone. Oh, the right? towel's gone. No, I'm talking about <laughs> the I'm talking about the toilet. I'm talking about the wall where the nugget somehow ended up. I'm talking about her backside. Took like seven wipes, Sean, to get it under control. Yeah. So was the towel like monogrammed or is it just a basic towel? It's a typical. Yeah. Oh, lucky. lucky yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, you know, I realize you call me the eccentric millionaire. I don't spend I money. I haven't told you that in like a year. I know, but I, I don't spend money on that kind of stuff because to me it doesn't make sense. So like I'm, sure. I'm not going to get monogram towels. Well, I mean, you never sense. know what somebody might have gotten you for like a wedding gift or mm. an anniversary gift. That type of stuff happens. I fair. Mean, That's fair. There's all kinds of shit in my house I would have never paid for, but people. And there was all got... kinds of shit in my bathroom yesterday, Sean. <laughs> and I'm sure you wouldn't have paid for that either. I wouldn't have paid for that. No. <laughs> <laughs> That was my day. So since we're going to be, uh, this is going to be a positive podcast, talking about the positives of pro wrestling in May of 2018, let's start off by talking about Seth Rollins. Let's do it. Now, I loved your idea that you have, uh, and we'll see if that comes to fruition, and you can share that in a minute. So of all of the, 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 the you know, questionable things that are currently happening, Seth Rollins is kind of like a, a shining light. He is. You know what I mean? Right now, he's a shining light. He is doing what The Miz did for the Intercontinental title, and he's just upped it a notch. And you want to talk about uh, uh, WrestleMania 34, Finn Balor, The Miz. They had a really good match. Then at the uh, Greatest Royal Rumble, he had a really good match with Finn Balor. At Backlash, he had the only good match on the show. Yeah. The only good one with The Miz. Uh, and The Miz is underrated, too. And, and I should have him on here, too, for, for positivity. But anyway, and then... The open challenge on Raw. Now, I, I like the open challenge concept. I think it's a little overdone now, but I still like it. It gives new guys an opportunity. When I saw Mojo Raleigh come through that curtain, Sean, I thought, oh, God, help me. Because I don't think much of Mojo Raleigh. I think that uh, uh, if his friend wasn't who his friend is, he probably wouldn't even be on the roster, in my opinion. And uh, Seth Rollins somehow got a decent match out of Mojo Raleigh. Did. So, good uh, so good for him. And you know what? I even love Mojo the fact that he had a promo too. I was going to say Monday Night Raleigh. I thought that was good, right? Yeah. Um, that was good. Uh, Mojo has been consistently one of the best promos and actors on the roster over the last several months. I he find it hard to just... take him seriously. Yeah, because he comes off like a goof, like 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 uh, uh, Gronk does when they show videos of him on TMZ partying somewhere. He just comes off like a goof. It's hard for me to take him seriously, but uh, he's a big athletic guy. There's no question. You know? Yeah, and somebody brought up that he did that bronze spot on the outside, and I was like, "Poor Mojo doesn't have anything else." And he, he went full speed ahead on that. Like, he did. it's like he was I, running down the field when he did that. We're talking like he made a living doing that yes. at one point. Yes, <laughs> that was his job at yes. one point. Yes, but Seth Rollins, I just think, is so organically over. Yes, he is out there cutting the white meat baby face. Gee gosh, golly promo. 
and the crowd's eating it up. He's the hottest he's yeah. ever been, uh, arguably. Obviously, as when a baby he, face for sure. Since for sure, as a baby face for sure. When he cashed the money in the bank, obviously that was a big moment for him, probably the biggest of his career. But he's definitely there. And uh, your idea that you have, I want you to go ahead and share that idea that you have for him. Yeah, and it Roman. ain't easy to make baby faces. It's mm-hmm. not easy. It's it's a lot easier to make somebody hate people or then sarcastically like people. But right. I think Seth Rollins is there right now. He is there right now? Eventually, one they should do away with immediate rematches. Get away, get away from them. That way, you don't book yourself into having to make a guy lose twice. Seth Rollins should get have you know maybe one of these open challenge gets the best of him. No sweat. He moves along and challenges Brock Lesnar. That is the match. I think it should have. I wish it would happen at Money in the Bank. It's not going to happen at Money in the Bank, but if it happens at SummerSlam, that'd be fine. Seth Rollins should be the guy to beat Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns should win the Money in the Bank. And then immediately after Seth Rollins beats Brock Lesnar, then Roman Reigns comes out, spears Brock Lesnar, spears Seth Rollins, and steals Seth Rollins' championship that he just won. Mm -hmm. I think that is the most compelling, interesting story to tell. You have a guy that people like in Seth Rollins. You have a guy that a lot of people are indifferent in towards in Roman Reigns. There's just so much natural storyline there. Yeah, there's a lot. You're right. The fact that Roman Reigns can't get the job done against Brock Lesnar. The fact that Seth Rollins stole his glory again. Mm -hmm. The fact that Seth Rollins once turned on Roman Reigns. So much of Roman Reigns' frustration would be rooted in truth. The difference is Seth Rollins, unlike so many other face baby or face heel turns we've seen, he came out and he straight up said, guys, I fucked up. I'm sorry. Sometimes that's all it takes. Like all these people that, that dig themselves into holes as characters or even in real life. Sometimes I screwed up, I'm sorry is all it takes. And Seth Rollins has come across as genuine yeah. in everything that he, he says and does. Oh my God, I think that, that Roman Reigns does not have to be a babyface to be the top guy. Right, right. Seth Rollins can be the top babyface while Roman Reigns is still the top guy because I think that's as hot as a feud gets in 2018. I guess it, dep- it depends on your definition definition of top guy. Yeah. Because to me, Roman Reigns is not the top guy. I don't think he's really ever been the top guy. Just because they position him as the top guy, I still think you could put a lot of other guys in that place. Their merch would have sold as well or better, I think. That, that's the right. argument I always get. A lot of people yeah. say, oh, but his merch numbers. And I said, well, I would hope that his merch Absolutely. numbers are good. Four years at the top of Mania. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, his right. merch numbers should be good. Yeah, they should. And just there was another discussion that I had. Somebody said, oh, their stock numbers are the highest it's ever been. Well, imagine how high it would be with a compelling Yeah, program. it's nothing to do with Roman Reigns at all. Yeah, it's it's a compelling program. And there's there have been a lot of smart business decisions on their behalf. I think that eventually – Probably almost we're almost at the point where moving away from pay per view and going digital is paying off for them because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's worth they, yeah, they've, right. they've really excelled in 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 that method. But I think that Roll, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns is a hot feud, and Roman Reigns can even take the listen, man. It's nothing. Well, he can be jealous, but not take it necessarily personally. And eventually, you are going to get a Dean Ambrose back. Mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose should be just as pissed as. Roman Reigns. You know, and I guess we might as well address that now since you're bringing it up. So uh, he's ready to return from injury. And one of our listeners, the advocate at the Ace of Nave 7, he asked this question. Sean Rossav, Jimmy Van, what happens with Dean Ambrose when he comes back? Should he go to Raw or SmackDown? Should he be a heel or face? 
Uh, I my opinion is whenever somebody returns from injury, unless you're big cast, whenever somebody returns from injury, you get the baby face pop. Yeah. And Dean Ambrose is going to get the baby face pop. And so I think that he should be a face at least to start. And I think he should be on Raw because uh, they can always have that shield reunion in their back pocket if they need it. So that's well, kind of, that's I, I think what well, I think the exact way he should debut is saving Seth Rollins from a Roman Reigns attack. Right. And then as he and Rollins are standing in that ring, he cracks Rollins over the back with a chair. You you mirror that turn. That's cool. And and you bring that the Shield three way should be a WrestleMania main event. When they blew that on the pre draft thing, yeah, I was like, oh my god! Like I saw that as a show closer mm. for a WrestleMania in the future because you had. As I've always said, to a much smaller extent, they're Rock, Triple H, and Austin of this generation, or what should have been those three. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how it goes. But yep, we'll see. Let's move on. It's it's, it's almost hard to ignore the the issues surrounding Roman Reigns. And I'm just like, man, create some compelling program, and even more dollars will follow. Well, this is the uh, the uh, listen, you boy, power of positivity podcast. Let's move on and keep it positive. <laughs> Let's talk about Daniel Bryan. So. How impressive is it, Sean, that Daniel Bryan, who headlined WrestleMania a few years ago, and you could you could call him one of the you know one of the top guys, or, or at least upper card at this point, I suppose, puts over Rusev clean as a sheet on SmackDown this week. Puts him over clean as a sheet. That's positive for Rusev, Sean. Positivity, Not as clean man. As one of your hand towels, though. Uh, no, I, and you know what? I was going to take a picture of it, and my wife said that's disgusting, so I didn't. But I was going I'm to. So glad you didn't. I was going to because it's a moment you want to capture, Sean. <laughs> you know, because my daughter was so innocent about the whole thing. She looked at me like, "What? What?" You know. So I should have. But anyway, Daniel Bryan, kudos to him. Rusev, power of positivity. He got the, the the clean win, big win for him. How do you think? How, how do you find that? I'm really interested in the story they'll tell out of this, assuming they tell one, because they the focus after this match wasn't on Rusev winning. Yes, it's like the old Hulk Hogan thing, brother. They were all watching Hogan walk out of the ring, not Warrior celebrate in the ring. The camera was focused on Daniel Bryan. So, like I said, compelling programming is what I'm into, mm-hmm. and Daniel Bryan being like, uh, this is more of an uphill battle than I expected. Mm-hmm would be a great thing to tell i don't know what it i don't know what all this means i've been you know i've asked some people and not not no real answer but they clearly like big cast he lost to daniel bryan in under eight minutes on sunday mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we don't know what they thought of rusev we know they like his merchandise sales but he beat daniel bryan clean yes he did two nights later yeah to me i mean i thought that big cast winning would have been natural but did they even have it? He wasn't even on SmackDown. I question if they're going to use the big cast post-match attack as some sort of explanation for this somehow. Maybe they will, but uh, I, I think... Yeah, I, well, you know what? I think it's time for new, for new music for Rusev. Yeah. Because when uh, Aaron English does his intro, which is great, and then as soon as he introduces Why Rusev... Why do you keep calling him Aaron English? Or Aiden English, sorry. He, uh... I'm looking up Aaron English. Who is Aaron English? <laughs> I'm going to send Aaron English. Aaron English is a musician out of the Midwest. Are you an Aaron English fan? <laughs> yes, I am. I'm the Should... president of the. Is that a man or a woman? It's it's a man. Okay, I'm the president. There's a man and a woman performing. I'm going to send him a LinkedIn request. I'm the president of his fan club. Yeah, I am. 
But He's after a stupid song, after that's not a bad idea because it's full go. circle, not a bad idea. But after he does the intro, and then they play the you know the the typical Russo, it just doesn't fit. They got to give him new music, but otherwise, I'm loving uh, what they're doing with him. They need something that encourages Rusev Day chants. Yes, they do. Something snappier, pop. Yes, they do. I agree. I agree. But otherwise, it's going good. So, Money in the Bank, uh, positivity, Sean. This is, this is a show people tend to like. Their matches people tend to like. June 17th, men and women's, eight wrestlers each. I know there were rumors of a tag team one, which I think would be awesome if they did it. Uh, imagine the possibilities of the cash-in if you got two guys, right? Yeah. So that's a good idea for the future. But anyway, for the men so far, Rusev, Miz, Finn Balor, and Braun Strowman have all qualified. For the women so far, Charlotte, Number Moon have qualified. Um, looking forward to that show. I always like the Money in the Bank match. Do you have any? Do you have any early qualifying pick? match? Was real good. It was. Do you have Love an early that. pick for uh, who you think is going to take those? I know I you think Roman, Roman Reigns, right? Oh, Roman Reigns. Yeah, I want Roman Reigns to win it. But what I don't want him to do is be like, come out, challenge Brock Lesnar the next night, and Michael Cole be like, oh, he's doing it the noble way, like he's Cena doing it did. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, I would also love to see a member of the New Day win it because they've made no bones about how much they want Kofi Kingston to be world champion because I think the chicanery surrounding New Day, all three of them trying to cash in at any given time would be so funny That'd and so fun entertaining. Yeah. It would keep them away from the title picture too. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a way you can put Braun Strowman in a match and not beat him yes. but not have him in the title picture as well. As far as the women's side, I don't know. I mean, the logical situation leads me to believe that we're getting Rousey and Charlotte maybe headlining next year's Mania. And that would mean that either Charlotte has a money in the bank or Rousey-Charlotte win a Royal Rumble and challenge one another. But especially for the women, that seems to be a heel thing. But right now we have one heel champion and we have one champion that's 5'10", 270 pounds, like, I don't really have a pick. I'll have to see who's in the women's one. I'm interested to see who they'll put in it since they already no Ruby Riot, no Sasha Banks, but I think that we're going to have, like, last chance qualifiers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as well. They've done a tease of Nia Rousey, so I wonder if they might go in that direction because I think most people are expecting that Rousey will win the Rumble, Charlotte will be the champion going into Mania, and then that'll be your match. It'd be different if maybe they actually had Rousey go in as the champion and Charlotte win the Rumble. That'd be different. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. So, uh, moving on, sticking with positivity, Nigel. Positivity, man. <laughs> How about Chris Jericho continuing to go down uncharted territory, or at least territory that's been uncharted for 30 years? Because it used to be that WWF guys regularly worked dates in Japan, and, and you look at somebody like Andre the Giant and the British Bulldogs, it was a common thing for them. Hasn't happened, though, in decades. And now you got Chris Jericho. He was at uh, the Greatest Royal Rumble. He was at New Japan prior to that in January. He just showed up again. He's going to wrestle on June 9 at the Dominion Show in Osaka. And Rey Mysterio's following him, Sean. He's also yeah, going to be working that show. Good on Rey Mysterio. Good on Rey Mysterio because he missed that big date in Long Beach. As it turns out, they didn't need him for ticket sales. Mm-hmm. Wasn't necessary. I hope he works Cow Palace too. But I get a lot of respect for Rey Mysterio for having a lot of offers. He does have a lot of offers on the table mm-hmm. right now. And him saying, I'm going to make good on that date that I was supposed to make 
in Long Beach because it meant a lot to the company and it meant a lot to the fans there. So, like I said, a lot of respect for that. The Jericho thing, God, man, that's so spe- how. I love the point where we are in wrestling, it's where very unique. A, yeah, where a forty-something-year-old man like Jericho is able to do that. Pierre Carl Ouellette is one of the hottest guys on the indie circuit right now. He's fifty. Mm-hmm. He's fifty, man, mm-hmm. and he's just lighting it up. Dan Severn was an attraction last year, at at WrestleMania weekend. That is so cool to see that because when I was growing up, the way that it was painted on WWF TV and some other places, it's like you got Shane Douglas out there being like, these 38-year-old men won't step aside. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like now I'm like, shit, man, that didn't age well. I like and you the got d- WWF mocking 40-year-olds on, on their TV back then. That's right. I'm so glad things are different now. Yeah, and WWE is so much more open-minded now. And again, I, I can't help but think it's Triple H's influence because Vince McMahon Jr. was the one that told Andre the Giant in the mid-'80s, no more Japan, you're exclusive to me kind of thing. And I know that it was always a riff with him and the Dynamite Kid was the fact that Dynamite always had Japan in his back pocket. But now they're letting Jericho go back and forth. They're letting Rey Mysterio be a minority owner in Era Lucha, just like us. And yet he still is doing the greatest Royal Rumble. Like, they're open-minded to other promotions, and I like it. I like it. Because By the way, Aralucha has tapings next month. Pat Fannin, our weekday guy, said that he's interested in maybe going. I don't think there's any reason why Aralucha shouldn't be giving us free tickets to send him there. I think I need to show up and ask where the booking room is. Yeah. Should I do that? I should walk in should. and pat Jason Brown on the shoulder and say, hey, man, I'll be in the office. You know, let me know you when you're... You think Jason Brown will be there? Uh, who else is going to be Ron and Don Harris? Are they going to be men? They're going to be overseeing the show. Maybe Vince. I I thought he was one and done. No, I'll ask him. Remember the, I sent you, so we get these Aralucha emails now because now that we are minority owners of Aralucha, we get these emails. I forward them to you. Do you read them, Sean? Yeah, I read them. So one of them, he was asked about Vince Russo and he said, Russo, uh, he more or less say he doesn't work for them now that he did the, the pilot. Yeah, well, I mean, that was that was something that we had uh, on Fightful.com months ago. He told me that he would commit to them if they got, like, a TV deal. Yeah. But then again, there's nothing that's keeping them from two weeks out saying, hey, Vince, come in and do some work with us. And he, if he's free that weekend, maybe, who knows, maybe he'll be like, I'm okay. sorry, did, did you say if he's free that weekend? Is that you I just mean, said? He does, he does some conference, or does some... Uh, Conventions and stuff uh, like that. So. I feel like the night before they could hit him up and say, "We'll pick you up at nine a.m." Maybe he would. I don't know. Maybe anyway, play hardball like good, he does with us. Good for Chris Jericho because I think it's very interesting. Moving on, uh, positivity, positivity. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> he gets a lifetime achievement achievement award for the Boys and Girls Club. Then we find out, and this one is actually a little bit comical. And I don't know who reported this. It might have been Meltzer. The uh, members of the Saudi royal family, and Nigel might like this one, because they don't really give a shit about pro wrestling, and they brought in this this WWE show for the you know propaganda aspect, and we're progressive and all this kind of stuff, right? They're not really, really wrestling fans. So, reportedly, members of the royal family went to WWE prior to the show and said, "We want you to bring in Yokozuna, who's dead." We want you to bring in the ultimate warrior who's dead. We want you to bring in Hulk Hogan, who hasn't been with the company in three years. We want you to bring in... Apparently, that's what they said, which is why WWE brought in an unknown sumo that no one had ever heard of. 
uh, for the Royal Rumble because they wanted Yokozuna, so they brought in a sumo. But a, a reportedly now, that opened up talks between WWE and Hogan because the Saudi family requested Hulk Hogan, and apparently WWE was watching the Boys and Girls Club thing and, and how that went, and it went very well, I think. Uh, Hogan owned up to his mistakes. I saw his speech. I thought it was pretty good. So now apparently uh, there's word that they're talking about coming back, him coming back. What do you think about all that? And I mean, Yokozuna's not going to come back, but Hulk Hogan might. <laughs> no, he's not. Well, I mean, they could sign Falaba for that reason and probably get him for a rate that would be worth it compared just to do two mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia shows a year, and that's the closest you'll get is Falaba. I got to admit, Sean. I feel like, and this is not a surprise, but I feel like Hulk Hogan worked me. Yeah? Because it was about a year ago-ish uh, that we have, a, we have a very close mutual friend. Mm-hmm. And it was about a year ago-ish. Uh, and I don't know if I'm supposed to tell this story, but I don't care. So Hulk, <laughs> Hulk Hogan played a voicemail for my friend from Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon said to Hulk Hogan on the voicemail something along the lines of, heard you're doing well, and hopefully we can work together again if you're even interested. That was what the voicemail said. Hmm. And Hogan told our mutual friend, doors open whenever I feel like it. You know, I, I just got the Gawker settlement. He also got the laser surgery uh, settlement. I'm in a, a lot good... of people don't even know about that. No, we a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah, but, but he's like, I'm in a good place financially and got a lot of heat about the, uh, what I said. And so I'll have to think about it kind of thing. That's what he said. But based on what we're hearing now, it sounds like it, it was in WWE's uh, court. But it sounds like he's coming back, or they're they're working on it. Man, it's like I'm not the I'm not the kind of person that really has the room to judge something like like that. I mean, you'll never hear me say anything like the shit that he said ever. So here's my I mean, here's my opinion. I look at it like this: a lot of guys have gone to bat for him, right? Yeah, and and a lot of guys of color have gone to bat for him. TMZ's really going to bat for him. Oh, well, okay. They have a story every goddamn week about how he should come well, That's because he makes himself available to them. Yeah. But, I mean, Booker T has said he's paid his dues. The Rock has said he paid his dues. Uh, Haku, him and Haku are really, really tight, and, and Haku has said he paid his dues. I know Mark Henry still says, oh, he still has something to prove kind of thing, or he's got to talk to the boys or whatever he said. But I feel like if, if those guys are willing to go to bat for Hogan and he's already lost you know three years with the company and he lost a lot of sponsorship deals and stuff like that at the time, I feel like if the boys are going to open the door for him to return, I think the fans want to see it. And, and I'm a longtime Hogan fan. I would like to see it. So why not? I think that if he comes back, he needs to address the full locker room. And obviously he he's, well, obviously he's going to say something on television too. He has to. Right. He, yeah. Oh, he has to address that situation yeah, to, on sure. TV. Yes. Yes. And you, you, you have to. Yeah. First week. You, first week. He's got to address it. Oh, without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. My question is, what do you have him do? So I, mean, I know you guys used to Arabia? talk about the. Well, I know you should talk about the New Day thing. The New Day thing is not the right idea because it'll be taken as sarcasm. Yes. Right. It's got to be something legitimate. I'm trying to think of who's near the top of the card that could be taken seriously like that. I mean, Roman Reigns is Samoan. Eh, it's not the same. Oh, you, you know he's going to be chucking a couple of Iranians over the top rope in Saudi Arabia in November. 
Yes, very possible. Well, Saudi Arabians, you think? Or Iranians, you said? Iranians. Yes, yes. He'll yes. be chucking the Davari brothers over the top rope. Yes, yes, I could see that. Maybe they'll use Mark Brother. Henry in a segment with him, because Mark Henry's very well respected. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll use him. But uh, they got to do something without the without the comedic. Then tone. Mark Henry takes off his salmon blazer and hits him with the world's strongest slam, which was a great spot, and I loved that spot. And one I, of the greatest, one of the greatest uh, promos in history. Mark in Henry estimate. is so underrated, man. He's so yeah. underrated. That guy can cry like that, like he can cry on command. I didn't have it. Like there are so many people that I don't realize how big they are until I see them in person. I saw him at the Arnold Sports Festival. I don't know how he gets through doors. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of like a tall penguin, like Danny DeVito's penguin. <laughs> yeah. But like a 6'4 version. That's it, that's Mark Henry. The aisles there are pretty wide, yeah. and you just saw people move out of the way when he walked yeah. through. Like They were like, we're going to need some space. I have, I have so much. Mark Henry is one of those guys I just have a lot of respect for because he's a likable guy. He is. He's a likable guy. He should have won the title so, yeah. after that. I, he had the world title, right? Oh, you mean the Cena, the Cena program? Yep, I agree. I agree. Won it. And didn't he put Cena over in like their first and only match? Of course. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. How's our time? How are we how are we doing? Three thirty-two, which means we can talk about this interview I did with Kiara Hogan. I talked to her about her contract status, which is a puzzling situation. I'm not sure which of the two uh, segments will feature that, but we'll talk about it in a bit because it's one that you'll be particular. Your ears will perk up about this one. You'll be like, well, that doesn't make any sense. But here's an interview with Kiara Hogan. She's going to appear at Ladies Night Out May 19th, TitleMatchWrestlingNetwork.com. Check did she, it out. Did she say that like Hogan won the title with the Spanish fly or something against Iron Sheik? What? <laughs> you said what she said didn't make sense, so that comes to mind. That wouldn't make sense. No, no. You'll, you'll see. Okay. There you go. What was the uh, negotiation process like with Impact? How do they reach out to you? How do they get in contact with you to bring you in? Um, well, I actually was trying to get in contact. Well, somebody was giving me information that Sanjay Jet was trying to get in touch with me a couple months before I actually got signed. Um, and Jeremy Borash actually got in contact with me after a Shine show and asked if I was doing the Million Classic, and I told him no. He was like, well, I want to send in your information um, for maybe an upcoming tryout or something. And I was like, sure. Um, a couple of weeks later, I got in contact with Scott Demore, who asked if I wanted to sign a contract. And he sent over a contract. I signed in a couple of days, and I was signed in June of last year. You're 23 years old. How long have you been wrestling? Three years. So it has came together pretty pretty quickly for you, it would seem. Uh, what did you expect to be featured on national TV this soon in, or or maybe did it come a little later? Did you think that maybe it would come easier to you? Uh, I definitely figured it was going to take some time. I kind of came to that conclusion very early in my career, um, but when I got signed to Impact, that definitely came quicker than I thought. Um, I did have a WWE tryout a couple years ago, like when I very first started, maybe six months into my career. Um, and it went okay. They said they liked me. I got a maybe. Um, but being signed with Impact was something I kind of like drove past. I was like, oh, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. So when it did happen, it was kind of a shock because it was really out of left field. What was that tryout, pro- tryout process like for you? Oh, man, it was terrible. I was, <laughs> oh, I tried so hard to condition myself before because I kind of already knew like, 
process of it. My manager um, at Twin Peaks actually, um, like, she had done a tryout before, and she was telling me about it. And, like, I really tried to prepare my mind for it. Uh, but nothing could compare you for what they have for you. Like they, it's very strategic, very like, just, it feels very military. It's, it's, it's just very set up. It's very hard, just conditioning. And it, it was definitely an experience though. Like just all three days I was, it was just crazy to even be at the performance center um, so early in my career. I think I had like five or six matches and it, it was, it was just an overwhelming, crazy experience. What type of feedback did you get from them? Because obviously you were you were really really young in your pro wrestling career then. If I remember, just a couple of months in. Um, I got some good feedback. Like they really wanted to see me like be super dedicated. They were really trying to just see like if you were going to quit, if you were going to say I can't anymore, like who was going to be the first one to stop. And I just really tried to push myself. So I got really good feedback they could tell I was really really pushing myself and really wanted to do it um they called me like the little shrimp because I was little and I just moved really really fast I just they just that was their nickname for me that weekend um but they really liked my inspired gimmick they thought it was really cute especially for me and they loved that my name was Kiera Hogan and they laughed because I was like I'm uh, I'm a Hogan just with a little bit of fire and they thought it was really cute so they seemed to really like me um, I just haven't heard anything in, in a couple of years. <laughs> and we're back. Now, I mentioned to you, because uh, I don't know which segment it will air in, but I know I spoke to her about it a little bit in both of them that will air. By the way, this interview was up early for Fightful Select subscribers. Check it out, FightfulSelect.com. So is the Listen Your Boy intro. That was up early, yeah. too. And uh, Stupid People Extended. There you I go. Know. There you go. But Kiara told me, I was, I was just discussing with her, She's like, yeah, my contract is up next month, next month being June. And I was like, really? You started in January. Also, I had heard Impact wasn't really signing people to deals. They would just bring them in, work with them, whatever. And it's worked well for them. Their numbers are up. The quality of the show is up. And she said, well, actually, I got signed last year in June. And that shocked me a little bit. I was like, really? Last year in June, you didn't wrestle at all in Impact last year. Why was that? She's like, I don't know. That seems weird to have somebody under a deal for that long, and then her first match, she pops up, beats Chelsea Green, who obviously is was something an impact. But mm-hmm. I still I question if it was per appearance. I still question if it was per appearance because that yeah. doesn't make any sense, especially with their financial constraints. Well, here's the thing, Jimmy. You saying that it doesn't make sense, and then trying to apply sense to something that is involved in Impact Wrestling in 2017 at the time. You know something? Your timing couldn't be better, Sean, because this is the Power of Positivity episode of God the damn right Boy. And the next thing on my list is Impact Wrestling, Sean. Yeah. So how about that? Impact Wrestling getting a rub from WWE. You want to talk about WWE being progressive, getting a rub from WWE uh, on uh, Table for Three episode that was just uploaded to the network with Shane McMahon, Kurt Angle, and AJ Styles. They showed footage from an Impact match in 2008 between Kurt and AJ. And then at the end of the show, there was a graphic on the screen promoting Impact's Global Wrestling Network. Put up that screenshot, Nigel. So they actually promoted the Global Wrestling Network on the WWE Network. One of our listeners, Stephen Wilson, sent in this question. I'm sure Jimmy Van can share some light on the value of this on this week's list and your boy. Uh, now, to me, this is a double-sided coin, this whole thing. And, and I'll tell you what I mean, and then, Sean, you can, you can chip in whatever sure. you want. So Impact Wrestling's best opportunity 
to potentially get paid subscribers to their network is by getting their product in front of the eyeballs of people that have proven that they're willing to spend money on a wrestling streaming service. Yeah. Right? That's your best opportunity. Obviously, if somebody has shelled out the money for the WWE Network, those people are a good opportunity for you to convert them to subscribers for your network. So in, in that regard, that's a positive for Impact Wrestling. The flip side of that is that Impact Wrestling has put all of their eggs into the Twitch channel basket, right? Yeah. And they've chosen to put all of their special shows, and they have the new one with uh, Anthony Corelli, and all of that stuff is on the Twitch channel and not on the Global Wrestling Network. And what that means is if somebody watching this, this table for three on the WWE Network and they decide to check out Global Wrestling Network, they're going to see a half-assed thing. Because they put all their stuff on the Twitch channel. My question is, and and I don't know this, and and I would like to know this, I would like to know if the Twitch channel was a necessity to the survival of Impact. I'd like to know if there was a board meeting and the bosses told Scott Demore and Don Callis, because obviously Twitch has given them a licensing deal and it's not dependent on subscribers, whereas Global Wrestling Network, they only make money if they get subscribers, right? I want to know if the board told those guys, we either do the Twitch deal and get that licensing money or pull in the plug. Because if that was the decision, then it makes sense that they put everything into Twitch. If that wasn't the decision, and if the board said, we're going we're gonna to run this thing out like we've been saying, then I think it was a major mistake for them to neglect the, the Global Wrestling Network. Because again, anybody seeing that on WWE Network, they're going to see a half-assed thing that they probably won't subscribe for because who's going to spend that money for like a handful of matches on their on-demand? They're right. playing the hokey pokey with what their priority is. Yes. I know one thing. Their priority 100% should not be on $40 pay-per-views. Right. Nobody's going to buy those. Another thing, I'll throw it into how I experienced it. You know, I, I mentioned to you, making a budget, cord cutting is a thing that's going to happen to me this year. I look at options of, of streaming services. I find Pluto TV. It's essentially a free over-the-top TV service, you get like glory kickboxing channels, Fail Army, some stuff like that. Impact has a channel on there, streaming all the time. I watched some of it the other day. Are you familiar with Cody? Yeah. Have we talked about this before? Yes. Okay, Cody has everything, man. Yes, I know. Not that I'm, I'm gonna I'm just... not that I'm gonna endorse pirated content, Nigel. Yeah. I'm not endorsing it, man. <laughs> Sounds like it. No, all I'm doing <laughs> is it saying sure as shit does. No, all I'm doing is saying what I've heard. What I've heard <laughs> Is that some of the sports pay-per-views are available on Cody. It's what I've heard, Nigel. Well, so, the thing is... A birdie told me that, Nigel. I get reimbursed for them for my job. Yeah, you Thanks, do because you're, you're really spoiled. It's true. Thanks, by the way. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you spent your phone Cody, now, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The Cody might need you to reimburse the whole thing. Uh, Cody uh, <laughs> is not reliable enough for me. It, like The stream will pop out, stuff yeah. like that. You're so. Right. I used to use it to check out movies. But they've got Pluto, they've got Twitch, they've got Global Wrestling Network, and they're on Pop. Mm -hmm. They've got a lot of their content, as I mentioned to you off the air, on YouTube. If you miss Impact, within a couple hours you can check out their YouTube and you won't miss a lot. And it's really good. It has made the product easier to consume for me. However, they also have pay-per-view. $40 pay-per-views are trying to sell? It's like, what is the... What's the purpose of your your GWN service? I don't. I just. It's like Ring of Honor. These different things. Was it Ring of Honor? Was it Ring of Honor or was it WWN that said, "Oh, we can't put the pay-per-views on the streaming service because it doesn't make financial sense," right? 
WWN, Ring of Honor did it, they just didn't work. Yeah, no, um, but okay, so I, I think that Impact's mentality is the same. It wouldn't make financial sense for them to put the... Because you got to understand there's like satellite fees and everything involved that sure. they're paying for that. But Yeah, uh, but I, I'm sitting here wondering how many people are really paying for these $40 pay-per-views. If there's a way that you can find out, because I, I haven't talked to Scott DeMore in years, and I'm sure if I asked him, he wouldn't tell me. I would like to know if the Twitch thing was necessity to their survival. I'd like to I'm know pretty that. sure that if I emailed Ross Foreman, shout out to Ross, he'd hit me in the old trash bin yes. with that request. I'd like I to mean, know. But I don't know what benefit a, a Impact PR would have. I mean, well, that's why you can't ask PR. You got to ask just somebody kind of behind the scenes. Yeah, but I mean, know. I don't know that anybody's. Well, let's see. One of the people privy is Josh Matthews, and he got me blocked. Maybe I'll but, go to. Uh, maybe I'll go talk to Ed Norham. I'll just show up at his office. Why not? <laughs> might do that yeah why can't we set up a uh an impact tour of the offices that that guy i showed you the on your mark guy mark e extreme that hilarious dude mm-hmm. you remember that the backyard yeah wrestler? a little bit yeah he for one of his segments they let him film at impact uh doing a tour of impact because he's got a feud with josh matthews that guy is fucking hilarious by right. the way right right but um yeah, maybe they will. Who knows? All right. Uh, continuing on with the positive news. Positive wrestling news this week. Kevin Owens did an interview with TVA Sports with their website. It's a French-language uh, site out of Quebec. And he announced in that interview that he just signed a new five-year contract with WWE. So anybody that's a fan of Kevin Owens like I am, and I think you are too, Sean, uh, he's, he's got at least five more years with WWE. Positive news, positive guy. Sami Zayn humping the ladder was freaking hilarious. Sami Zayn is in his element, man. Yeah, you see him hump the ladder? <laughs> yeah, he's sure freaking did. hilarious, Sean. He is. He's he's perfect in doing what he's doing. It's really good. Really entertaining. Even though right now they're basically tackle dummies for Braun Strowman and that's unfortunate. Yeah. But uh it, it it's it's pretty clear to me that, that that running shoulder block spot that somebody in the office cuz Kevin Owens takes it like a champ, right? And, and yeah. it's, it's clear that somebody in the office loves it so much that now poor Kevin Owens has to get plowed over three times yeah. a match. Yes. You know? Uh, I want to shout out Flair's Naya on Twitter. She did some translation of that article for me because I was like, hey, you speak French. Help me out. You know that we're in so, Canada, Sean. Yeah, and uh, that's why I went to the group chat and I said, anybody in the office – do this, and all I got was a Google translation. Okay, that was, that, was, that was two people on Skype. I got 30 people here, man. Well, that's why I said ask anybody in the office. They probably didn't. Uh, exactly. Uh, so I, I did uh, my okay. job, but... <laughs> you know everything, Nigel. Probably... Do you speak French? I don't, but okay. I know at least a couple of people who are hey, fluent in if it. Though. If Kevin Owens does French commentary after his career is over, I might damn well learn it. He's that good. Well, first, first you have to try to first you have to try to recognize French when you hear it. So I would start with that, well, and then once you recognize it when you hear it, then like you can Harry learn Potter it. I will. I'm not going to speak some weird. As soon as you get to the point where you can recognize it inside of ten minutes, then it's time for you to start. Hey, learning hey, more. I can now. I'm there. Are you sure? There. Oh, all right. Anyway, anyway, as I was saying in that interview, he also said if his career happened to end tomorrow, he's satisfied with how it went. He wants to retire in WWE, at least as of now. This is a far cry from the unfounded rumors that he was on the outs with the WWE. You heard all these rumors about how they got sent home, yada, yada. Yeah, during the fight, before was, the fired gimmick, yeah. Yeah, all that was overblown. And I thought, quite frankly, based on the people that I was talking to, 
they were working. Yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah, the yeah, impression yeah. that I got. I've seen enough of Sami Zayn out of character to know that he's a company man. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that's all bullshit. Did Let's... you hear on the Jericho? Daniel Bryan was on the Jericho show, and I got to listen to the first twenty minutes of it. And they mentioned, speaking of Jericho earlier, he was the backup plan for Shane McMahon. Jericho at was. WrestleMania. Vince McMahon called him and said, listen, I know you got this thing. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thing, but I, I'll charter a flight if you have to do it. And they were looking at possibilities, and they were gonna. They had mapped it out, and like literally, he would have not been able to plan anything. He would have had to fly right there after his show, run into the arena, and they talked about how Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn plan most of their matches. And he says, "Yeah, you know, I know that Daniel Bryan would be okay with that. Yeah, Kevin Owens would probably be okay with that." And he said. Sami Zayn would have been pulling his hair out. He would have been worried because the guy that you see on TV is sometimes Sami Zayn. The first 20 minutes I've listened to that podcast is riveting. Really good stuff. I got to say, that would have probably made the match better. Well, that's the thing. And Daniel Bryan said that they wouldn't even tell him. Like He he just assumed that because of the history between Owens and Jericho. But that they came to Daniel Bryan and said, well, we've got a pretty good backup in plan. Or in in store, but they're afraid that Daniel Bryan will tell me or Ryan Satin or Dave Meltzer. Nah, he's not going to do that. He's not going to. He do flat that. out said it on the air. That's why they wouldn't tell him. No, he that's... said that they're afraid that they'll go to dirt sheet writers. And that's paranoia. That's paranoia. Well, that's what happens when Vincent Mann runs things. Uh, I guess Triple H has a conference call with us. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go to stupid people. All right. This is a stupid song, it just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. All right. Why, why, why? What are you laughing? What happened? Why are you laughing? The live chat. Okay, so let's go ahead and do stupid people. I'll address this after. No, I want to hear it. Let's go. <gasps> okay. <laughs> Don't be a nerd. So our least watched live show is the MMA show mm-hmm. on Tuesday. It's mm-hmm. just because our bread is buttered in wrestling. We're growing it. But the live chat there is the most goddamn hilarious. Oh, okay. Because they always give people that we're talking about nicknames. So if we talk about Joe Rogan, they'll play off of what he says on his podcast. Like, Joe, a coyote attacked my chicken and my dog saved it, Rogan. Or... <laughs> okay, or so you're using that to explain what? What's my name on well, the show? Well, Tyler saying? James said, Jimmy, what I heard, Van. <laughs> I don't know how that's funny. Don't know how that's funny. I think it's it's about the Cody thing. 
Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Eddie okay. Tower Seven was a inside job. Uh-huh. Bravo. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so first off, thanks to TrevorStrong.org for the usage of the song. And once a month, I'd like to do a little disclaimer for any new listeners explaining why the hell we do stupid people news in the middle of a wrestling podcast. So this used to be called WWE's Excessive Usage of Stupid Nicknames, where we talk about how many times they say the big dog and boss time and the architect and all that bullshit. And we thought maybe if the right people hear this, they'll realize it's stupid and they will cut down. But unfortunately, because of corporate shills like Corey Graves on the payroll, if anything, it's only gotten worse, and so we decided that this segment has become redundant, and we changed it into Stupid People News, and we've been doing it ever since. And you know what? It's getting pretty popular because I now get so many listener submissions that I don't even have to really look for new ones every week. The only thing that I have to do is I have to do diligence to see if they're fake news or not, because some of them are. But otherwise, I have three listener contributions this week, Sean. So, by the way, the the Corey Graves thing, I actually heard a good interview from him with Sam Roberts. Oh, yeah. Where he talked about that. About what a corporate chili is? About, yeah. Really? And he said, guys, listen, I don't like it either, but when you pay me more, I'll say whatever you all want me to say. And that's what we've always said, right? Yeah. I read a thing in, might have been in Meltzer's newsletter, talking about Corey Graves when he made that comment after the Greatest Royal Rumble on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And Meltzer made a comment about how Corey Graves thinks he's uh, irreplaceable, but that's not true. Something like that. Yeah. As, as if to say that Corey Graves figured, ah, I'm on both shows now. I can say whatever the hell I want. And that's why he posted that on Twitter. But yeah. uh, hopefully he doesn't think that because you know Vincent Mann thinks otherwise, right? Hey, Corey, buddy, if you want to talk about it, Sean at Fightful.com. Contact <laughs> info was out there. I'd reach out to you since you, know, you and Booker T want to make sure that journalists reach out to you. Right. I'm, the offer's there. I would love to interview Corey Graves. So this first one was sent in by listener Reverend Smiley, and it was reported by KUSA TV. That's his name on Twitter, Reverend Smiley. And it was reported by KUSA TV 9 out of Denver, Colorado on May 4. This one went viral, so you probably heard this one. A 26-year-old woman named Angelique Sanchez walked into a 7-Eleven, and she put a container in the microwave. Uh, the container exploded... And it damaged the microwave. Uh, the woman was told to clean up the mess. She opened up the microwave and she wiped the contents of the microwave out onto the floor. And then she took off. Right? Police were called. And she was found a half mile away at a health clinic where she was waiting for a physical and urinalysis for a future job. It turns out that container contained urine. And she was heating it up in the microwave because she had to prove that it was body temperature, which is 98.6 degrees. And so what that tells me is that that probably wasn't hers. Probably wasn't. And she probably went to the 7-Eleven to heat it up to try to pass it off as hers. Uh, The best part was she was questioned by police and she denied that it was actual real urine. She said it was fake piss. She uh, she was issued a summons for damaged property, like 500 bucks. I used to work at a GNC, and, you know, some of the products sold there were cleansing products. Somebody walked in and said, what can I take to pass a drug test? We would not be able to tell them anything. Mm-hmm. The policy was if they walk out the door and right back in the door, and they say, I need a cleansing product, we would show them where they were. People will go to weird lengths. Like, I've seen them study the backs of this. I've... I've 
heard people on the phone trying to get clean piss. Mm -hmm. I can't say that I've ever heard anybody microwaving their piss. I mean, were there not instructions on the back of the container saying this is how long you heat the piss to make it 98.6 degrees? Yeah, probably not that day. Probably not Black that market day. piss people need to get on their game. Black market this piss people. Black market piss people, yes. That sounds like a vertical on the dark web. <laughs> Black <laughs> market be. piss people. So this next one, this was sent in by Sleepless Frame 31 at Scotty Styles 29, and it was reported by WFLA Tampa on May 2nd, and this is the socks mug shop, Nigel. Oh, Go ahead okay. and put that up. Sure. Uh -oh. So a 47-year-old man named Brandon McRae, and, and we got his mug shot here, and boy, he's a beauty. He, uh, he got into an argument with people at his house because they accused him of stealing his socks. He accused them of stealing okay. his socks. Yeah, so they got into an argument. Oh, yeah. He left and he said to them, I'll be back and you'll be sorry. That's oh, what he said. He then returned with a ninja sword. And he used the ninja sword to injure two people. And then he ran off again. He was taken into custody at a neighbor's house. And now he faces charges of domestic aggravated battery with a deadly weapon and attempted murder. And it's all over the alleged theft of socks. I gotta be honest, he looks exactly like the person who would own a sword. <laughs> I bet, like... I wonder if he, like, was gonna try to make it in his backyard. Like, on my day off, I'm going to see family. He seems... Well, I think he has every day off, first off. But <laughs> yes. on his day off, he's the kind of guy that's out in the yard, and he's, like, swinging the shit around, and he owns... Every season of Xena Warrior Princess on DVD and watches the bonus features. That's go. him. That's that guy. And I just forgot to mention that uh, after this show, if you go to FightfulSelect.com, we have Stupid People Extended. Forgot to mention that. Let's go check yes, that out. Do. This last one is for the Sean Ross Sap file. Your second Sean Ross Sap file of the day, Sean. And this was sent in by two people, Sean. Alex Anderson and JP3 at Joe Provost 3. Shout Both out to Alex Anderson. He was our first uh, sponsor level tier uh, contributor on FightfulSelect.com. He got to pick the WWF SummerSlam 2000 retro show, and he's going to be on a future members-only show with me. Well, there you go. Well, they both sent this in, and it was reported by NJ.com on May 3rd. Um, we had another mystery pooper. Oh, hell yeah. And I think this is like the third one that we've ever talked about. So we had another mystery pooper, and this one was interesting. So coaches and staff at Homedale High School at a Homedale, New Jersey, were finding human shit on or near the football field and track on a daily basis. On a daily basis. All right? So they set up surveillance, and they caught the perpetrator, 42-year-old Thomas uh, Tramaglini. And here's where it's kind of funny. So this Thomas Tramaglini, he is the superintendent at a nearby public school. At a nearby public school called Kenilworth Public School, he was the super there. He got arrested at 5.50 a.m. while running on the track, either before or after he was going to shit, I guess. And, uh, and he's been charged with defecating in public, lewdness, and littering. And he's also now taken a paid leave of absence from his job, which pays him, Sean, $147,504 a year. What? Yeah. I am severely underpaid. The dude can afford a porta potty, Sean. Yeah, that's a good good chunk of change. He could have paid somebody to hold a bag for him while he shitted. Yes, he could have. Yes, he could. He could have got a litter robot 
and, <laughs> and and found an extension cord and plugged it in and squatted in the thing or, or, or stuck his ass in, man. He could have afforded it. That's what happened. Did, did he give any reason about why he did it? Not in the story. I, I've read two of them because I read an updated one on his uh, charges and everything. Sure. I didn't see anything about the reason why. No. What's his name? I want to see what he looks like. I can put him. He look, yeah, we've got the mugshot. And Nandra pulled up the mugshot. He looks like a regular white dude, like a regular super. Would Those look are the like. ones you got to worry about. I guess. <laughs> I guess regular white dudes can be some of the most demented people yes, in the they world. Can. Yes, yeah, they look can. at those bags under his eyes. He has some pain. Well, that's after he got arrested. Eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Paul Rudd's character. I oh, see, yeah. I see pain oh, in those eyes. The weather outside is weather. I, I have a little bit of a man crush on Paul Rudd. I do. Paul Rudd's hilarious because he's freaking hilarious. He's hilarious. Funny. What's that? See a Super Nintendo commercial from way back in the day that wasn't supposed to be funny? No, I have not. But is in retrospect, it's before his career took off. Okay. And it's like the the promo for the new Super Nintendo Entertainment System, mm-hmm. and it's like him outside playing Super Nintendo in the lightning. <laughs> with the wind on him, he looks like goddamn Scott Stapp from a Creed video. <laughs> <laughs> It was ridiculous. Have you seen the Jimmy Fallon King of Wishful Thinking video? No. Look it up. So do you do you remember the song The King of Wishful Thinking? No, I don't. You don't remember that song? What movie was that in? Uh it might have been Pretty Woman? The King of Wishful Thinking? So if you go on YouTube, Jimmy Fallon will recreate music videos. Oh, and yeah. they and they do them right to the cut. Like they do them perfectly, right? So somebody on YouTube took the original King of Wishful Thinking video and they put it side by side with Paul Rudd's version, so you can watch them on a split screen and it's yeah. perfect. Like it's it's really really well done. I'm a massive Paul Rudd fan. I think he's hilarious. You got to see if you haven't seen the interview that he did on a press tour with uh, Jason Siegel, where they are both high as kites. Oh yeah, it's hilarious. Jason Siegel's really good too. I, I haven't seen him in a lot lately, but he's really good too. I watched that movie he did with Cameron Diaz, Sex Tape, recently. It wasn't very good. It was it was kind of sucky. I miss really funny Jason Siegel, like forgetting Sarah and Marshall. He even I, I like when he he would make fun of that stupid ass sitcom he was on, How I Met Your Mother. Yes, like he clowned it all the time because he knew it wasn't. Funny. <laughs> Have you seen I Love You, Man? Yeah, oh, of course. Also that, excellent. Also excellent. I think yeah. the mid to late. 2000s was one of the best periods for comedy yeah. movies. Yeah, they're, they're really, good. they're really good. By the way, I just want to say I like caught Pretty Woman on TV about a month ago. Oh yeah, my God, Richard Gere was a creepy fuck. Yeah, and he uh, he I mean he looked old then. He's he's like in his mid 60s now, and I think he just married like a 30 year old model. But the thing is, like he good would for him. Like if you look at how acting has evolved since then, he's like staring at this woman like. Oh my gosh, you're a hooker and you know how to brush your teeth? Well, <laughs> goddamn. I'm like, you creepy bastard. Leave her alone. Let her brush her teeth in peace. You ever heard the gerbil rumor about him? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> so any, uh, any, anybody of, listening that's curious, just Google it because I'm not going to say any more. A <laughs> little bit of breaking news. Charlotte will miss a little bit of time. She is having surgery and uh, this just happened. Casey of Squared Circle Sirens, who is a very one of the best sources for women's wrestling. Period. She has a ruptured implant. Oh, that happened to China once. It did. Yeah, uh, yeah, ouch. yeah, yeah, yeah. That must have ouch. happened on SmackDown. It must have. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. Get well soon, Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so we're sticking with positivity. So the uh, 
the four horsemen of MMA, after they did that tease at the Mae Young Classic, right, against the four horsewomen of WWE, now all four of the MMA horsewomen are officially under WWE contract. WWE just announced that Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir have both reported to the Performance Center. And we know that Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler are already with the company. So that means that we might have that match, those four, against Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Becky Lynch. That could come to fruition, Sean. Yeah, I've got more on this on the FIFA Wrestling Weekly on Friday, and I'll talk about it on the FIFA Weekender. But I've been told that WWE expects both Marina and Jessamyn to get basically twice as much ring work as every other recruit. So they that's, that's something to look out for. Jessamyn, I think, would have been signed eventually – regardless if she ever knew who Ronda Rousey was. Marina, not so sure. I know WWE had interest in Duke a long time ago, or at the very least, Gerald Briscoe did. Wouldn't it make sense to do uh, an elimination tag at Survivor Series, and then that's where you tease the Charlotte-Rousey matchup. You start with the Survivor Series. We're booking the show, Sean. It seems so simple in execution. It's not that hard. That's what you do. I have seen seen Jessamyn do, do chain wrestling. And I was asked for feedback on it, and I had none. Because was, it was good? That's why? Yeah, it was very impressive. Okay. And she's really tall, yeah. right? Six feet tall, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's why, like, I first met Jessamine in 2011. She fought on an amateur card that one of my MMA coaches did. And as I walk into the venue, you know, amateur MMA cages are way smaller than UFC cages. Six-foot-tall woman throws a kick, a body kick, across the cage. It looked like she took up half of it. And the first thing in my mind that came up, especially back then in the diva era, holy shit, she would look great in a pro wrestling ring. And I would, I got to train with her once, and I even mentioned to her, I was like, you should give that a go. But at the time, she was one of the top 145-pound MMA prospects in the world, but that mm-hmm. didn't work out for her. She's going to be something really, really good, and she has a knack for it based on Triple H's own words. So Good, good. We'll go. see what happens. So moving on, so, um, boy, this one's going to be tough to spin positively, but we're going to try, Sean. Uh-oh. So um, kudos to Low Key for trying to be a life coach because a life coach tries to help people, and that's positive, Sean. So that's how I'm going to spin this one. So kudos to Low Key, trying to be a life coach, trying to help people, and that's positive. However, um, David Bixenspan, who does some work for us, he did a story on this. Nigel's got a screenshot. You can go to Fightful.com and check out the exclusive story about Low Key's Life Coach webinar that David Bixenspan uh, took part in. Um, apparently, it didn't go that well. Yeah, it didn't. Now, this comes a month after he no-showed a match with Matt Riddle. In fact, the last text message I have to Matt Riddle, which he has not replied to, is, was Loki scared of you? And then I followed up with, are you scared to tell me that Loki is scared of you because I'll report it on my show? He did not reply to either one. <laughs> so uh, Loki has this reputation for being difficult to work with, being an egomaniac. The, the, the joke on Twitter that week was, Loki must have finally Googled Matt Riddle. And then mm. when I revealed that we were having David Bixen span cover this for us somebody said Loki's gonna come after you and i said no he's not because he's going to google fightful and matt riddle's name will come up hmm, cute so uh my answer I would be was... quick my answer to that person he's gonna come after you for what like physically i don't give a shit what Loki. because he sure as hell not gonna come after us in a lawsuit situation 
Hell no. No, there's Black Cat events. No, I hope uh, they do, Sean. I hope they do. That'd be, that'd be hilarious. I want them to. I'd put, I'd put the summons on the wall here. Hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, there were three people on this webinar, one of which is suspected to be a plant. Yes, the I other heard one, about that. The other one is who could be described as a prolific Twitter shit poster, mm -hmm. although he had some very entertaining tweets. Oatgan, he... Uh, he has some very funny stuff. Go check him out. But David Bixenspam was the other one. And then he asked, he was like, would you all reimburse this if I covered it? And I thought, you know what? This could be really entertaining. So here's the positive, Jimmy. We got a great article out of David Bixenspam for it. And how much, positive. Did, I, how much did I pay for the webinar? 25 bucks. Eh. You paid substantially more for the article itself. I paid 10 times that for the Aerolucha investment. There you go. So and we've gotten so just as much podcast fodder out of that already. Oh, yeah. We're not done. Oh, yeah. so, oh and, I, and I should – anybody that's legitimately interested in this, uh, I wanted to know when the hell am I getting my Lucha mask and my T-shirt because I only agreed to spend 240 instead of 120 to put me in the tier that got me the mask and the T-shirt. And you know what Jason Brown said when he was asked that question? That. As soon as the round ends and they get their money, basically, nah. is what he said. And that tells me – I might not get my mask and t-shirt, Nigel. That's funny. I got two signed Rey Mysterio masks in a drawer over here that haven't seen the light of day in two years. So I could get them to investors quicker than he could, apparently. Yeah, there's a good chance. So I thought about doing those for Fightful Select. Sticking with uh, the power of positivity, kudos to WWE. They run into an AR issue. Uh, anybody not familiar, AR means accounts receivable. That means money that you're owed. And WWE, good for them. They run into an AR issue, and they're looking for a positive outcome in court. That's my positive spin on the story, Sean. So good for them. So Pro Wrestling Sheet reports that WWE is suing a TV distributor based out of Lebanon called Trans World Television Entertainment for $337,000 in change for unpaid licensing fees. Apparently, they uh, agreed to the deal with them. They were distributing the show, uh, and then they were going to be getting their own rights, and they didn't uh, pay WWE back. I can tell you from experience, Sean, because I've been down this road before with uncollected money and you got to get legal involved. Uh, getting your money from a company based out of Lebanon, that's going to be a real, real challenge for oh, WWE. Yeah. But uh, good luck to them. That's a good, good chunk of change. 337 grand. You know? I had trouble getting a few hundred bucks out of a company from the UK a couple of years ago. Lebanon's but, a challenge. But yeah, we'll see, we'll see Lebanese, way different. So, yep. good, yeah, good on them. Yep. So, uh, uh, keeping with the positivity, Sean. You've said that 800 goddamn times. Because I'm really driving the point home. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Dude, I dealt with backlash. Look, I don't get a lot of free time to watch wrestling live. I've sure. told you this. I always have to kind of watch it back later on. Well, I was took able... the day off for the Greatest Royal Rumble, which I And I missed bad. the first two hours Damn. after I took the day off because that's how my life is sometimes. So, yeah. backlash, I got to watch most of live because my wife uh, put my daughter to bed that night. So I was able to get most of Backlash live, and it was utter shit, all right? Yep. And that's why I want this to be a positive podcast, because people get tired of constant bitching all the time. You know well, what I mean? That's, that's why I go into my shows optimistic. Right. I, my job is to watch wrestling, ultimately. That's cool. I was posting what? on Monday night. I was posting things about, um, you know, like, why are you still making Elias be healed? People want to cheer him. Why are you doing the stupid selfie promos because they're dumb? Why are you doing this and this and this? And I would put hashtag, I want to love the show. Yeah. Because I want to love the show. 
course. They're making me not. They're making me angry, Sean. I want to oh, watch wanna the enjoy, show. I was telling Nigel off the air. About 10 hours off the top of my work week is staring at a screen. Yes. I want that to be good stuff. Yes. I want it to be good. I want it to and be good. And I, I told you off the air, too, this doesn't happen to me ever. After the last five weeks, I was burned out. I'm super excited to take some time off tomorrow. And UFC's this Saturday. I'm just foaming at the mouth ready for UFC. Who's the main event? something different. Uh, Nunez versus Pennington. And they got Jacare versus Gastelum. It's an okay card. Yeah. It's a pay-per-view. It's a pay-per-view? Yes. <sighs> it's in Brazil. They're going to sell out Brazil. So 125,000 buys domestic. Good for them. I think they'll do one, 150, 175 yeah. maybe. The so, Chicago show looks really good next month. Which one is that? That is Covington and uh, let me see. I'm waiting for Cormier. Uh, That's a good one. That's in July. This is Whitaker, Romero, Dos Anjos, Covington for the interim title. Overeem, Blades, Arlovsky, Tuivasa, Punk fights on the show. Oh, that's Holly a Punk card. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holly Holm, Rashad Evans, Claudia Gadelia. Holly Holm is fighting Rashad Evans? She should. She might beat him at this point. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. So uh, so back to the positivity. So uh, Heath Slater, he has a wrestling school in Morrow, Georgia called Face to Face Wrestling. Uh, and he's, uh, he's in a partnership with Ron Simmons, Teddy Long, and Jazz. And he posted this photo on Twitter with his newest trainee. Check out this monster, Sean. All right. This guy's name is Zeus Frazier. His name is actually Zeus Frazier. He is, yeah. seven, he is seven feet tall. He weighs 315 pounds. And he is the son of former heavyweight boxing champion Smokin' Joe Frazier. And uh, look at the size of that, that monster. And and what I was thinking is, so Joe Frazier, how old was he when he passed? Wasn't he like in his early 70s? Uh, dude, I was thinking the same thing when Pat told me about the story. Yeah? He was probably yeah, in his early I, 70s, right? Yeah, and I looked and let me see how old Zeus Frazier Because this kid looks like he's mid-20s to me. He looks young. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's, he's a very, very young guy. Joe was 50 when he had this kid? Yeah, I think so. Kudos to... God, God bless you, Joe Frazier. <laughs> Your left hand was the bomb. I was a, you know, I'm Get a big, all that I'm a big longtime boxing fan, and I have so much respect. The, the Joe Frazier, Ali, Foreman era beats the shit out of anything you see today in terms of what those guys did to each other. And Frazier was a, was a legend with that left hand, man. So, but this, I'm starting, starting to see heavyweight boxing kind of come back around with Joshua, maybe Fury's coming back. Deontay, yeah, but that was the era back then, though. Oh, that I know, was the era. I'm just saying. Just now it's starting to really get interested in, for me. Because yeah. in the 90s, it was nice, too. You had Lennox Lewis, Riddick Bowe, um, Holyfield, yep. Tyson, obviously. But you know that Ollie since- and Frazier sort of cut you off? Ollie and Frazier, they had such a heated rivalry, right? And Ollie used to always, because he was better on the mic than Frazier was, so he would always kind of take advantage of him, kind of embarrass him on television. And yet when Ollie was banned from boxing because he wouldn't go in the war, right? Mm-hmm. And he was banned from boxing, Joe Frazier offered him money to keep him going. Wow. That's respect. You know what I mean? So anyway, this this kid is going to get opportunities because of who he is. And when you look at the fact that he's 7 feet tall, 350 pounds, he's going to get opportunities for sure. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, like in 2012, it said that Frazier had a 20-year-old son. So in that would have been like. That's probably him. Might right? be. But they, they called him Derek Dennis Frazier. So I'll maybe Zeus is a name. He's got another son. Uh, what was his other son's name? Not Orlando, but it was something similar. 
And he was the one that Mike Tyson hit the uppercut in the corner and knocked it. His, his, his feet came off the canvas. Is that Marvis? Was it Marvis? That might have been. It was Marvis. It was Marvis Frazier. It took him like 30 seconds. And the it uppercut was... lifted his feet off the canvas. Yeah, he it got was insane. home real bad, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a cool one. Uh, oh, I should have had this one higher up on the show. I have good news. And this is good news not only for Sean Ross Sapp. Raise! This is, well, not yet. Uh, but this is good news not only for you. This is good news for all Americans. All right? Yeah. So I know that we have Americans listening Canadian to the show. Canadian eh? uh, Nope, nope, nope. Only for Americans. I know that we have Americans <laughs> listening to this, this show right now. Sean Ross Sapp, this is news for you. Good news. Good news for all Americans. Put up that Twitter if you know what I'm talking about, Nigel. Yep. According to the Combate America's Twitter account, Alberto El Patron got his American citizenship. Listen, Melissa, I know you're watching. <laughs> I know you had fun in North Carolina. You can't be that hard to emulate. We can trade, like, citizenship. Her job can't be that tough. I can do that. She can do mine. I, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Congratulations, man! You have a you have a, a new compadre, and he's uh, he's one of you, he's, he's maybe he'll come live in Ewing. Maybe, you know, he has a better chance of making his restaurant successful here than he did in San Antonio. There you go. It's possible. Where maybe spend maybe he'll buy the house next door and he'll let the dog off the chain, man. You know, <laughs> he might. So kudos to, kudos to him, Alberto Del Rio, Alberto El Patron. Good for him. Dogs run all around the town in San Antonio. <laughs> Shit, how that place is. <laughs> I, I spoke it. to Kira Hogan, head of Impact, or not Impact, uh, head of Ladies Night Out 2 again. Title head of Impact. Impact.com. <laughs> well, she, she's on Impact. It's Scott Demore's alias all of a sudden, Kira Hogan. You can see her on Impact Wrestling every Thursday. Take a listen. We'll go back to Impact briefly before we wrap up. What's your deal structured like with them? Are you uh, with them just for a set of tapings at a time? Are you locked into a long-term deal? How does that work? I am fully contracted to Impact. I am set in stone there. Um, like I said, I signed in June of last year, and I signed for a year. So um, my clock is ticking, but... I am very excited because I do really want to resign. I love it there. I love the production. I love everybody in the back. I just love how everybody works there. And I just feel like the company is continuing to grow. I think it's just going to get bigger from here. I think the the little hiccup that they had, I think, is finally like coming to an end. And I really think that impacts them to do some big things this year. I'm really excited to see where I go, where the company goes, where the knockouts go. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of this company. Yeah, we see the, the reflection of the change in their numbers. The, the numbers are climbing. I thought Redemption was just a lot of fun. Your, your match with uh, Taya was fun, so much fun to watch. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested. Like, it, it looks like they're going back to Toronto in July. Will you have to re-up before that? Uh, probably. I know I'm, I'm going to be there for June 1 and 2 in winter, and I think I will be there for the July 22nd pay-per-view as well. Um, so probably, but I haven't heard anything yet. So why weren't you used for those first six months or so? I know that, uh, there was, there was a major shift in management at that point. Uh, I'm not really sure. I, I, 
uh, I just was kind of going with the flow after I signed. I did get asked to do tapings, and then things just didn't work out. The timing was wrong. I think they were just kind of waiting for timing, um, explaining to me a lot of why they were waiting for timing, and I completely understand. Like, it's all about giving the best first impression. So I'm glad I was able to do it when I did. It was the beginning of a new year. Like people are really going to be tuning in because they want to see like what new things they're going to be doing. So I think the the time that I started was good. And then of course the debut of Sue Young was right behind me. So I think we, we did debut at a pretty good time. Well, Kiara, I want to thank you so much for joining me. You all can check out ladies night out to Saturday, May 19th in the world gym arena in Texas city. And you can stream it at TitleMatchWrestlingNetwork.com. You can get more information at RealityOfWrestling.com. Kiara, anything else before we go? Uh, make sure to check out, like you said, Title Match Wrestling, Reality of Wrestling. It's Ladies Night Out, May 19th. I'll be facing Lucha Underground star Ivelisse for the second time ever. And I think you guys want to check out this card. Kylie Ray, Jordan Grace, Hi Young, Ivory Robin. We just have a really packed card, and I think you guys – Definitely want to stay tuned for that. All right, we're back. You all can hear that full interview, youtube.com slash Fightful. Of course, we have several articles coming up on that. Head over to FightfulWrestling.com. Click that exclusives tab. There's probably a ton of stuff that you guys have just missed that I've posted up there. But we have just tons of interviews, podcasts, all that stuff. And, of course, you all can get early access to these interviews at FightfulSelect.com. Jimmy? Sticking with positivity, you had a playset made for your kid. Yes, I did. Oh, I was going to tell you the story about that. So, Something yes, I, I did. I had a playset installed for my two kids at my new house. It was just installed today. I, saw, I showed you guys pictures of it. I was going to tell you the story. Try to picture me in this situation, all right? I went to the warehouse where they had them set up. It was in Mississauga, Nigel. Okay. I went to the warehouse where they had them set up. And uh, they're elaborate. You know, you guys saw the pictures of mine. They're elaborate. And I looked at one and I said to the guy, um, what is the weight limit? There was like a little, you know, platform thing. And I said, what's the weight limit? Like, can adults go on these? And the guy said, oh, yeah, yeah, that platform, that'll handle like a 1,000 pounds. Wow. And I said, so can adults go in the slides and stuff like that? He said, oh, yeah, absolutely. Go for it. And I looked at him and I said, dude, I'm going probably around 2, 205 right now. He said, have at it. So good old me went in one of the, went in one of the curvy slides, not once, three times, Sean. Oh. I went in one of the little curvy slides. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, it worked out perfectly fine. So I have that now at my new house. I just installed it today. Sorry. Is it one of them that as soon as you touch somebody, you'll get static shocked? That's a good question. I don't know. And I guess we're not going to know until it happens. So is it set up flat out in your yard? Do yes. you have like, do you have like a mulch or a tire type of thing? You know how they shred the tires and they it's use that uh, as mulch? it's artificial grass, and and okay. under the artificial grass there's about two inches of rubber. Oh, nice. Yeah. So when you walk on it, it's cushiony. Awesome. So, yeah. Impressive. Yep. So I was telling Sean off air if I ever decide to bring you back to Toronto. I will bring you. I'll, I'll invite you to my house, and you can go swinging on the uh, on the swings with my. Oh, I'm with going my over the bar. I'm doing it. Uh, well, it'd be an amazement. It's it's not a, an old school swing. It's underneath the platform, <laughs> meaning that if you try to go over, you're going to end up probably hitting your face against uh, a side of something. But ridiculous, ridiculous. So, so speaking of good news, 
Rich Swan got some good news because good. In, in a roundabout way, he gets to work with his wife now. In yep. a roundabout way. And the irony in that is that his wife, in a roundabout way, got him fired by WWE. And so now, in a roundabout way, they get to work together. So isn't that ironic, Sean, how it all kind of came around? So Rich Swan, uh, he's been appearing lately with some co-promotions of Impact Wrestling. Uh, and then the footage shows up on their Twitch channel. And the next one he's going to be doing is uh, June 3rd for Destiny Wrestling in Toronto. That's Anthony Corelli's promotion. Again, it's going to be airing on the Twitch channel. And like I said, his wife, I forget her wrestling name. You'll know. Remember? What was it now? I don't know. What was the real name? I, Lisa Yang or something? I don't freaking know. Sue Young? That's it. That's it. Yeah. So she, she's an impact, so they get to, in a roundabout way, work together. So congratulations, Rich Swan. Full circle situation. She got you fired, but now she's got you work. So, uh... Kudos. Yeah, it's funny because the people that – I put this in the weekly, the FIFO Wrestling Weekly recently. And I was speaking to a bunch of people who were at the Impact tapings, and they're like, oh, we have no interest in him. No interest in him right now. I said, of course you don't. His friggin' non-compete on TV isn't up yet. In June, July, it's probably different. Yeah, it is. There you go. It will be. There you go. And uh, so that's good. And now here's one where I think I want – Nigel's reaction to this one. Ooh. Now, I told you that I had to try to really spin the positivity on some of these, Sean. Some of these are a challenge. This one's a bit of a challenge. The positive about this one is that Jim Ross was honest. And the yeah. positive, the positive is that he didn't hold back and he didn't bullshit and he was honest. And that's the only positive. So uh, <laughs> he was on, uh, on a recent edition of his podcast called The Ross Report. Let's hear this one from Nigel. So you know that WWE did Saudi Arabia... Yeah. Women weren't allowed on the show. Right. And it came out that WWE paid them for the weekend as if they had done live events that weekend. Okay. okay? Yeah. So <clears throat> on Jim Ross's podcast, The Ross Report, he said that the women shouldn't have been paid. And this is a quote. It's not everybody's right to be on any card. You earn your right to be on the card. Okay. Now, as you can understand, it would have been difficult for the women to earn that right unless they grew a penis. And so it makes it difficult to kind of get behind what Jim Ross said. But on a positive note, he was honest, Sean. Yeah, and that's about it. That's about it. Otherwise, it was a completely dumbass statement. That's a very tough one to get behind. That's, that's a tough one. Yeah. So shout out to him to be being honest. Also, shout out to our friends at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Go visit them on YouTube. You'll see their videos and our articles all the time. But uh, Jim Ross... You're fucking wrong. Yeah, that's a tough one. Is... He's saying you earn your right to be on the card when you're not. A... It's the tough one. That's a tough one. I guess uh, I earned my right to be on the card, Jimmy. Yes, you did. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations, Sean. It's amazing how that works. Yeah, wearing your your lovely point at the fucking sign t-shirt, too. Point at the fucking sign, and the person this shirt is about isn't allowed to be on the show. Isn't so. allowed to be. Right, right, right. There you go. So I want to say congratulations. Some I don't keep tabs on WWE couples, Sean. Because I just don't really care. The whole Nikki Bella John Cena thing, I didn't give a shit. And, and I just don't pay a lot of attention. But every now and then, one will come out that's so interesting to me, Sean, that I wanted to mention on the podcast. And this was one of those. So I want to say congratulations to Raymond Rowe from the War Raiders. That's their, their NXT name. It was just announced that he is engaged to Sarah Logan from the Riot yeah, they've Squad. they've been dating for quite a while. I had no idea. I had no she idea. listen to our shows every once in a while. I bring up how she should have stayed in NXT and managed them a lot of, very often. Oh, well, there you go. Well, I didn't know. 
And so <laughs> I saw their engagement photo and I thought, well, that's a unique couple. That's a very interesting looking dynamic, you know? They go to a lot of those like medieval. Right. Viking stuff and things. all that. They, they really seem to enjoy it. Yeah, good cool. for them. Good for them. So they're, 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 the wedding is set for December 21st and apparently it's going to have a Viking theme because they're into that kind of shit. Of so yeah. Good for them. Uh, and then uh, 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 staying with positivity, good for WWE that Orlando is once again, WWE's the pretty girl at the dance again, Sean, because the city of Orlando again is looking to host WrestleMania. They want to do it in either 2023 or 2025. This is according to the Orlando Sentinel. And apparently this time, Orlando is actually committing a million dollars to trying to recruit WWE to come back. Now, my question is, how do you spend that million dollars in that situation? Are you just greasing the right palm? Now, what do you mean? Uh, if you're WWE and you get that, or, no. or if you're Orlando? If you're Orlando. How are you spending that so, million dollars? So they're committing a million dollars to recruit them, right? To try to get WrestleMania again, yeah. Well, then here's how here's how I do that. I say, we're not going to advertise shit. We'll give you this million dollars if you come here. It seems to me, I mean, obviously it's probably one of those things, like you've seen the movies where uh, where the the universities are recruiting the football players from high school, and they'll have like the pretty girls waiting at the bus station when they get off the bus, and they they have the band playing when they're walking into the, like that kind of stuff. So maybe it's something like that. You know what I do? I would, if I were the city of Orlando, I would maybe throw. I don't know how much structures are and stuff. I'd build WWE a physical Hall of Fame in Orlando. Is what I would do. I mean, why not? That'll take more than a million dollars to do something good. It would take a million dollars, more than a million dollars. But um, yeah. you would have WWE's help furnishing it, obviously. Uh, but yeah, I would. I would say we want your Hall of Fame here, and I don't know why the hell it wouldn't be. I think I think if Orlando. I could talk to the if I could talk to the mayor of Orlando, I would tell him save your million dollars because WWE will return to Orlando every few years due to the weather and due to the location of the performance center. So they're yep. always going to do Orlando probably every five years anyway, without you having to give George Barrios a hundred grand cash or whatever the hell they're going to do in order to uh, in order. Because, well, what else are you using the million dollars for? Have you ever seen Shawshank Redemption? It. You ever seen Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. So there is a scene, because I've seen it way too many times, there is a scene where the, uh, the dude from the, the warden is uh, giving out uh, contracts to his buddies in the construction business, right? And yes. there's, there's a scene when one of the contractors gives the warden, he said, oh, my wife just made you a lovely pie. You know, she just, just baked it for you. And when he lifted the, the box cover, there was a bunch of cash inside, <clears throat> right? That's basically what the mayor is going to give George Barrios and Vincent Mann and Triple H and Michelle Wilson is a nice, lovely pie that his wife baked with that million dollars. Because what, what else are you going to use the money for? Nothing. So no. go in the pockets. Exactly. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Is that all the positivity we have for today? I could probably come up with more, but uh, yeah, I think that's probably all I have for today, Sean. You know what? This has shifted my mood a little bit, as I mentioned. I do that, Sean. I do that. <laughs> I, I like doing this show. Yeah. It's, it's if right. you ask people in here what they think of me, I'd say like a solid 65% will say I'm not an asshole. Well, I mean, I told you the morale there took me by, I don't want to say took me by surprise. It was noticeable when I was there. I'm sorry. Did it take you by surprise that people weren't looking to murder me at the Did at the I just game? say... Didn't I just say, didn't take me by surprise? Well, you kind of changed your thought halfway through the sentence. Well, that's because, ah, oh, son of a bitch. I'm not even, gonna, not even doing it. This not is even. why I do this, Nigel. 
This is why I do it. I watch him on all of his podcasts, and and all of his guys are kind of in line, like Alex and Hawkins and and even Joe. They're kind of in line, and so I'm here to ruffle the feathers a little bit. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Uh, yeah. You're here, what, to troll my ass off? Is that, is that Just have a little fun with you and keep you in line a little bit, you know? Keep me in line. Yeah. So are you going to go on my playset if I bring you to Toronto? Are you going to... Uh, yeah, oh, probably, yeah. Yeah? Because I, like I would like to take video footage of you. So I showed you that there's like a little tunnel thing with like a window on the end, right? I want to take video footage of you crawling in there with my daughter and waving through the window. I could do some like parkour on it or something. Or try. I want to see you with children. I want to see. I worked. I volunteered at a Boys and Girls Club of America for years. What if I said to you and your wife, hey, uh, you know, come over to my house and my wife and I are going to go watch a movie and you're babysitting. Oh, my wife would probably be like, "Well, do they have any Riverdale on the DVR?" And uh, okay, what if I said, "What if I said you you misunderstood, Kara? You're coming with us to the movie." Oh, uh, that'd be an issue. Your kid would have <laughs> you, you, shit would be on more than a towel. I tell you that much. It'd be all over the place. Her shit or your shit? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> not ruling anything out. Okay. Osborne in our chat says Jimmy's cool for a millionaire. If he was poor, he'd be an asshole. <laughs> if I was poor, I would definitely be less lighthearted than I am. That's for sure. That's for sure. Oh my god! Did I ever tell you my story about when I used to work in a really shitty ass job and how I handled it? Did I ever tell you that story? No. Okay, I'm going to tell you this very quickly. Whenever you are an employee, and I shouldn't say this, but I think I take care of people here, so they're not going to feel this way. Whenever you're an employee and you feel like I make dog shit money and I'm disrespected and ownership thinks nothing of me and blah, 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 those are dangerous employees for an employer because those are the ones that don't give a shit. Yep. Right? And that's a fact. And I used to work a job where I made no money. And I was always overlooked, and, and, and the, the executives always got all the perks and everything. And right next door, there was a breakfast shop, a diner, right? And I got to the point where I thought, I'm sick of this shit. I don't care if I get fired. I don't care. And so I would take a morning break and have breakfast next door, and I would, I would sit on the patio. And then as the executives would walk by to go to the office, I'd raise my coffee cup and toast them. And I used to do that because I made no money and didn't care if I got fired. And you know what the ironic thing is, Nigel? Well, I never got fired. That's amazing. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. But I used to do that, yeah. Because a lot of companies, they, they, they like disrespect and, and they don't treat people right. Of course. Right? And that's why I hope I take care of people here because I learned, you know? I think you do. I think. I we'll hope see. so. I hope we'll so. see when that raise comes. Anyway, <laughs> that way Nigel doesn't have to fly me to Toronto on his dime again. What the hell? Again. Thanks, Nigel. Again. Well, you know, Thank there are people guys. listening to this that are going to believe your bullshit. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know this. That's why I say it. That's why I do it, Jimmy. That's why we're here to keep you in line, Jimmy. He's going he, to be laughing until he does come here and finds out that his return ticket is actually a graham cracker. Like the Simpsons going to the Super Bowl. And you're going to be sitting at the airport and wondering why they're not taking my return flight ticket. Either that or it's a return flight <laughs> to San Antonio. They, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just assume Canadian Airlines accepted Graham. Crackers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Everybody's. So we nice also there. give out apples on the flight right before landing, Sean. Yeah. Oh my God, guys! Thank you all so much. Follow us, Jimmy Van seventy four, Sean Ross Sap, and Fightful online. Of course, go to fightful dot com. But check out 
FightfulSelect.com. Right after this, we are doing Stupid People Extended. Till next time, guys, we are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.